Let's go, Rider Nation. I'm ready. I'm ready. Welcome, everybody, to the year-end episode of the Piffles Podcast, your Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan podcast. As always, you got me, Alex. And we're missing somebody, but we got lights. I like that. Actually, it brightens up the day a lot more than Steve does. Oh, Steve. <laughs> I want to say we miss you, buddy, but yeah, no. Uh, Steve's under the weather, so we got we got to hold hold the fort for him. So uh, hope him and his family get better because all of them are sick at once. Apparently, <laughs> what a terrible time too! Just yeah. awful. Learn your lesson. Uh, don't uh, don't have kids. Ki- kids are cute bags of disease. I love mine, but when they're sick, we're all sick. Yeah, that's that's the way life goes. So uh, we'll uh, we'll run this the show. I was going to say solo, but I guess it's not solo since there's still two of us, yeah. a duet, I guess. I'm not singing this time. I know right. that used to be my thing. I'm not doing it. <laughs> All right. Uh, you can give us a follow on X, Twitter, at PifflesPod. You can give me a follow at RealAlexD. And as always, I do not need nor want your pity follows at Greg on Sports. Give us a uh, like on Facebook. Lots of great discussion going on there uh, on our Facebook page. And uh, check the website out, pifflespodcast.com. There's going to be a lot of stuff going up on the website coming up over the next two weeks. I said this is our year-end episode. And traditionally, when this happens at the end of the year, we take a little bit of time off, as everybody, I think, should for the holiday season. Um, And then that's, of course, when the riders announce all their big re-signings or whatever. So we'll have that all on the on the website. So make sure you're tuning tuning in there. Uh, thanks for listening wherever uh, you find us on your favorite podcast platform, watching on YouTube, and of course on Sastel Max TV on demand. Thank you very much. Piffles Podcast, of course, is brought to you by Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. We actually have a little bit of rider news to talk about. Uh, some fun stuff going on in Saskatchewan as well, and then of course. We're going to get to Festivus in a little bit. But right now, it's time for the opening kickoff. So the riders, uh, of course, we we put our episode out last week, and then some of the signings start to trickle in. Um, but some good moves by general manager Jeremy O'Day over the last week. Um, I'm going to start with, to me, the big one, defensive back Amari Henderson, re-signing uh for 2024 and i didn't have him on my must sign must re-sign list as a potential free agent but he was darn close and the more i thought about it yeah he probably was a must re-sign and i'm i'm just really happy he's gonna be back for 2024 in my in my estimations he was a on the defense side he was a tier lower uh than cj revis like he, he was definitely in, in the hunt for a must resign, but definitely you want to show up those defensive backs. They played relatively decent. Yeah. You had some breakdowns, especially uh, when uh, Nick Marshall was having a bad game. He, it was a bad game for everybody. Um, but I think Amari Henderson showed 
he could uh, he could hang, and he was definitely one of their better players until the back half of that season. He came in into the season with fire and just kind of trailed off as the season went on. But then again, so did the entire roster, as proven by the seven game skit at the end. Yeah, no kidding. Um, but what's big about that to me, and and the defensive backfield, as much as you'd like to try and see changes every year, that's not a good thing. Um, it's the same thing with the O-line. You want the continuity there. You want the guys to be playing together for you know a long period of time. Look at the early 2000s of the Riders. That defensive backfield sucked um, until they didn't. When you got when you had guys like Omar Morgan, Ladolphius McCalla, um, what was it, Scott Gordon at safety, Eddie Davis. Yep. Like that was they ended up being a very, very big, like good strength of the team. And I'm hoping that's where we can get with the riders here. So you have, you know, Trumaine Washington, who ended the lot ended last year with the team, uh, played in just a couple games, but he's actually signed on through 2024. Um, so you have a, a veteran like him, you have Amari Henderson, uh, who's had a couple really decent seasons at safety. You have Jaden Dalkey, Jackson Ford. However, that's going to shake out whether it's, you know, one guy starting in a backup or rotation. However, that's going to be Roland Milligan back from, uh, injury at halfback. And then that just leaves really just one corner spot open. Um, so the defense backfield seems to be coming together. And I have a feeling we'll see somebody uh, very familiar with Coach Corey Mace taking up uh, that other starting spot, possibly two starting spots. We'll see who gets the free agency uh, from the Argos. And I want to talk about that a little bit later on when we talk about who we want to steal away from the Argos. Um, but defensive backfield seems to be coming together. And But that's what you want. Like The defensive backfield, everyone needs to know where the other guy is. That is... The most important part about that defensive backfield, you need to know the intricacies, your the guy's immediate reactions, his instincts, so you can play off of him. And that's why you need guys that know each other. That's why it doesn't matter how talented your guys are, there needs to be some chemistry there. Because if someone's not where they need to be, it's going to be a long game for everybody. And there was a lot of guys not where they needed to be last year. And I think that's... Uh... To me, that was on coaching, honestly. I think uh, Jason Shivers just put the players in bad positions. And now that sounds like that's going to be Edmonton's problem. So I'm okay with that. J uh, Jason Shivers sounds like he's going to be uh, moving over to Edmonton to be the defensive coordinator uh, under Chris Jones, which, I mean, he was there was the obvious move here in Saskatchewan. Yeah. So it makes sense. Um, and I still think Shivers is a good, could be a good yeah. coach or is a good coach. Like, I there was a lot of issues with that team last year. Um, and Shavers has shown he can lead a defense. I just unfortunately there needed to be a full wholesale change and he's on his way out, but he landed on his feet very quickly. Uh, another re signing, uh, a big one, uh, and just basing on the fact that this guy's a big dude, Miles Brown on the D line defensive tackle, uh, re upping. And that, to me, the defensive line is a huge question mark going into free agency. Uh, you have Micah Johnson, Anthony Lanier, and Pete Robertson, all free agents. And, and Christmas. And Demarcus Christmas, who I expect them to sign on the 22nd to announce that signing and say, hey, here's a little Christmas gift for you guys. We re-up Demarcus. So I'm expecting that on Friday, the last business day before uh, Christmas Day. Um uh, 
if if they don't do that, I I don't know what they're doing. Like we, we've talked about marketing and whatnot. That's how you do it. Just it's something as simple as that. And I really think they're going to do it. So, um, but Miles Brown um, at defensive tackle, if you can pair him with Micah Johnson, uh, who, who's doing a lot of stuff in the community still, uh, doing a lot of player appearances, which is great. Uh, from what I understand, his family and his wife and kids moved here as well. Uh, so they do live in, in Regina year round. Um, sounds to me that if Micah Johnson wants to return, he's probably going to be here. So that's a good thing. Um, and then obviously who knows what's going to happen at defensive end. Um, but just starting to keep, you know, some guys, even rotational guys like miles Brown around is important for this team going forward. And there was one other signing this week, this past week by the riders. It was a running back, uh, Jerry and Ely from Ole Miss. Um, wish I could tell you anything. Belton Johnson would be the guy to talk to you about uh, someone from Ole Miss. He'll probably tell hottie you. Hottie Toddy? Uh, all we need is Hottie I think if we say Hottie Toddy three times, Belton Johnson will just pop on the screen. <laughs> He's like Beetlejuice, isn't he? Uh, but seriously, uh, yeah, Jerry and Ely, um, I, what Google and Wikipedia have told me, uh, all of his old mill, uh, old mill, old miss, um, bread, old mill, the bread, old mill. Yeah. I, I guess I want a sandwich. I, <laughs> uh, Super Bowl champion with the Kansas city chiefs. I turned um, down a sandwich today, Craig. I, I turned down. My wife asked me if I wanted a sandwich and I said, no. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I think something's wrong uh, with me. So I guess so. But yeah, no, uh, <laughs> little undersized, I guess, for the NFL. Um, he's only 5'8", which, whatever, still. He uh, he should do well. He's going to be your scat back, your quick guy anyway. Uh, four, four or five, two, 40 yard speed guy. So we'll see what he can bring. Should be interesting. What I want to see out of, out of running backs uh, coming into Saskatchewan in 2024 is uh, number one, A.J. Ouellette, um, or... Brady Oliveira, who Brady's not leaving Winnipeg, but I want it to no be way. AJ Ouellette. Um, failing that, assuming that Toronto resigns him, um, I want to see a guy that has that next gear. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen that in a long time, probably since Kenton Keith. Corey Sheets was close, but he didn't have that extra gear. And I want to see a guy that can use that big open CFL field, use that speed and just dust guys. The riders need a good running game. And I know they haven't, they didn't use it with Jason Moss as the offensive coordinator. They barely use it with Kelly Jeffrey. And when they did, it worked. And that was with Jamal Murrow and Frankie Hickson, both of who are free agents. Um, Get the run game going. And If they can do that, then that'll open up so much more for this offense. I, I really think it works better when you do have that uh, thunder and lightning combo where you, you got the speed guy and you got your hammer. Um, I Yeah, I, I think we need something because as of right now, we got what Thomas Bertrand, he went on as our only running back sign yeah. right now besides Ely. And don't get me wrong, uh, Bertrand Houdon, like, he, he, he can get those hard yards. He, he I, I like the way he played. 
uh, he he plays head down, nose to the ground type thing. He 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 goes. So I I think they got a good guy with him, but I think they're going to use him more in the fullback situation yeah. than anything. Um. So yeah, you still need that every down back or every second down back, and we'll see what Ely can bring. But you, uh, they definitely need to sign one of our free agents or definitely go out and get a free agent. Now, when it comes to a running back in the CFL, assuming that you're going with an American player. Um, do you want to just see guys bring in six rookies and let them battle it all out? Or is this a spot where you want to see somebody come in with a little bit, a little bit of experience and pay a little bit more for that? It depends on the guy. It honestly does. Um, like when you have your elite tier running backs, your stand backs, your ulets. Uh, your Canadians, like your uh, um, your Brady's, your Andrew freaking Harris's, like you you can't getting that extra experience definitely helps you. But yeah, unfortunately, running backs are a dime a dozen, especially coming out of the college systems and castoffs of the NFL. There's a reason why, like Michael Carter looked like he was going to be the future in uh, for the New York Jets, and then all of a sudden he wasn't like. It's just it's it's weird how fast they just crank through running backs. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, you you mentioned the name, and I didn't have this written down, and I should have. Um, there's some speculation going around in Ryderville. Now it's based off an Arash Madani. It wouldn't surprise me, kind of thing. <clears throat> he said that it would not surprise him if Andrew Harris from the Argos, who said that his playing career is done basically um no. was that the the playoffs that was his last little his his last dance as it were um it wouldn't surprise arash madani if he joined Corey mace's coaching staff here in saskatchewan running backs coach assistant whatever it would end up being do you buy into that can uh, you see it happening I like I've already, I, 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 I've already got a hell froze over design set made. So, <laughs> um, see, never say never. I, I know there's a lot of people that have kind of overreacted by going, he's already got a job with the uh, Vancouver, uh, Vancouver Island Raiders, and which he does. He's, he's actually this past season, he was also double dipping as the, uh, um, it was he wasn't coaching. He he was their president of football operations or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, it was announced that uh, in the twenty twenty four season he was going to be their head coach. Which I don't know what his coaching history looks like. Being a full time CFL player, it just seems like a weird swing. And don't get me wrong, the Island Raiders are one of the best te better teams in the CJFL. Uh, them and um, Westshore are usually. Uh, is the the BC version of the Hilltop and the Suns are actually are the Hilltops, Huskies, and Thunder of the P PFC. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Like, could I see it? Sure. I, I guarantee it pays a lot better than a CGFL yep. uh, gig. And he, technically, he could probably do both. If he just says, I'm not coaching this year, so be it. And just do stuff behind the scenes. Keep yourself as the, uh, you know, pro football or your the figure the figurehead you're, yeah. you're you're still going to be the recruiting tool that's fine yeah 
But I, I think if he if he does want to become a coach, I think he's better off if he has the opportunity to get his feet wet in the CFL because those jobs are limited, especially with the coaching cap. I love chaos, and I would love to see Rotter Nation. Oh, the if crow this were to happen. Oh, the, the amount of crow. Like, oh, yeah. we bring in Andrew Harris. Who's next? Like, like oh, it'd be John Henry Cornish Burris. coming up? Yeah, Henry <laughs> Burris? Like, let, let's just hire Andrew Harris, Henry Burris, and John Cornish. All I'm going to say is the day that John Cornish signs, it's got to be a full moon. Yeah. It's got to be. It only makes sense, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would actually like to see it with Andrew Harris. Um, it's a young coaching staff. It's going to be a young coaching staff and the way things are trending and the way I see, you know, Corey Mace, I see Corey, you look what the Houston Texans are doing with uh, D'Amico Ryans as their head coach. Everybody's bought in. And this is a guy who was playing just a couple years ago in the NFL. And I see a lot of Corey Mace similarities in there. And that's how I'd love to see this team just kind of build out over the next couple of years. And I think it'll be a young coaching staff going forward. Not saying Andrew Harris is the, the answer by any means, um, but I wouldn't be opposed to it. So. Well, you, you, you look at the next, that. you look at the next head coach of the uh, New England Patriots, Mike Vrabel. He literally went Josh from. Daniels? No, no, it's me, Mike Vrabel. No, he went for Josh McDaniels. <laughs> I better not be Josh McDaniels. <laughs> please. I, 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 I cannot be heard this many, many seasons in a row. But he legit like went from player to immediately coaching Ohio State as linebackers coach the following season, to like in not even ten years he's head coach of the Titans and probably going to be head coach of the Patriots. Like, if you can get a young and the players, especially in, ten, in Tennessee, have bought in. Yeah, like you do not need that coach who's been coaching forever. That coach Methuselah. Like we we don't need that anymore. Like young guys with who can connect with the players are probably going to be the best thing going forward. And as of right now, Corey May seems to definitely has put some hope into the into the Riders franchise. So still a couple spots open on that uh, on that coaching staff. I'm sure we'll see uh, something a little bit later announced a little bit later on, maybe in early 2024. Uh, Josh which, Bell. <laughs> Josh uh, Bell. Yeah, Josh Bell, that was the next point. Ever since Corey Mace got hired, it was rumored that he would bring defensive backs coach Josh Bell with him to the Riders, obviously to pry him away from Toronto because they all re-signed, uh, all the coaches in Toronto re-signed for 2024. Uh, basically, to steal him away, you have to give him some sort of promotion. So maybe you make him entitled defensive coordinator, even though it's going to be Corey, Corey Mace, Mace calling it. Um, or you give him deep... DB coach and assistant head coach or whatever. You you give them something extra. You put some sort of title in there and a little bit extra money and it's fine. Um, so maybe Josh Bell is going to be one of those coaches we see maybe in early 2024 joining the Riders. Um, this is one I'm, I really hope happens. This is a three-time Grey Cup winner. One is a player with the Stamps in 2014 and two as a DB coach with the stamps one in 2018 and again with the Argos in 2022. And when you combine that with, you know, the Mark Mueller who has a 
what three gray cup rings mm -hmm. with the stamps as young as a coaching staff is this going to be there's a lot of winners on this coaching successful staff. and it's to just me, to me that's the biggest thing everyone's saying i've heard heard a lot of people and i understand their their concerns about being an inexperienced coaching staff but these guys have literally won wherever they've gone and josh bell three-time gray cup winner the riders have four this guy's won three of them in a matter of 10 years so they know what it takes to win and that's exactly what we need here in saskatchewan experience doesn't always equal winning you you want guys that know how to win you you don't want guys just to exist until they win so it is good that we're bringing in these young guys that have proven themselves at levels so here's hoping they can excel where they're at. And I think from what I've been hearing, I like what Mace is putting together. I think it's going to be an exciting staff. Will the first year have some growing pains? Probably. Oh yeah. But yeah. guess, but guess what? A Chris Jones first year always has growing pains too. And that guy is supposedly the benchmark of what everyone wants to uh, be for sustained success when he doesn't really have it. He definitely yeah. gives it, gives the appearance of it, but I, I'm I'm very I'm excited. I, I'm very curious on what this is going to look like when it's all said and done. So maybe we'll see some more announcements. Um, maybe before the end of the week here, before the uh, holiday break, maybe shortly after or into tomorrow the after the show drops. Probably the we know we know the team watches and they wait for us to you know tweet out the link and everything. And yeah, I, I just I just up. see Craig Reynolds going. Piffles drop yet? No. Okay. Now. Okay. Hold okay, on. Put it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> put it out let's go has to happen like that has to happen that way um lake corte moore we were talking about the d-line a little bit earlier more earlier um a pro wrestler possibly he got a trial with wwe's nxt brand uh well, this is the first time we've PC. seen players it was, it was a go. performance center yeah so so really they it's just all, a, they do this all the time they do this like, all the time it's basically a glorified workout right is that pretty much all it is basically they bring in a bunch of uh athletes that either that did, filled out the application process so i don't know if lake did it himself or his agent did it but yeah they definitely people that are interested they look at the headshots they see their athletic background and then they put them through a workout um, former guest uh, Amanda Ruler did the exact same thing. Yep. Um, they go down there for a weekend. They get put through a bunch of drills. They cut some promos. Uh, they see if they have any personality and see if they can handle a weekend of boot camp, essentially. And according to his agent, he's concentrating on football and maybe this after football. All right. So much ado about nothing right now anyway right it it's hey it, it's interesting I'm, I'm certain if uh, wwe came in Auckland with the right offer he'd he, i think he'd think about it why not keep your foot in any door possible i guess right exactly yeah um really cool news that was announced on tuesday uh the riders and the city of regina are going to host the 2025 cfl combine hopefully they at least put it on streaming or something they have announced that it will be streaming all the way through at least for 2024 which means if they're doing it for 2024 yeah. winnipeg they'll be doing it for 2025 in regina 
and but that... what that means <laughs> yeah uh marshall ferguson doing play-by-play of bench reps you know if anybody can make that interesting it is marshall ferguson um i love i love marshall he's so good um but that's uh, that's fun we're gonna see the future stars of the cfl here in saskatchewan the last time we saw something like this coincided with something that they used to call cfl week and okay early festivus bring back cfl week those two years were fun we like, did the it was... one in winnipeg or the first one here and then we went to winnipeg the next year and yeah it's for a they lot know of... it's one for ottawa that never happened <laughs> yeah uh and and it's, it's mostly for a lot of media to go and get bank a bunch of interviews and, and content but it's also a chance for fans of that local city or if anybody wants to travel we had actually quite a few out of town fans come here especially that first year yeah yeah um and there were big name stars and they they made it a big event and it was awesome i thought i thought it was great they had brody lawson uh doing stage interviews sit down interviews with uh hall of famers and big big stars of the league weren't freaking down yeah just sitting down chatting and it was good stuff and that to me is exactly what the league needs to get back to. So 2025 CFL, maybe do it in 2024 as well, but uh, bring back CFL week and, and tie that in with the combine. Because honestly, as much as I uh, love the, the Canadian draft and all this, I don't follow a lot of youth sports or anything like that. This would get me a little bit more interested in it. I couldn't tell you about anybody from the combine. Honestly, I don't care about the combine. I understand how you know important it is to the process of building a football team, but how many fans are probably like me and just whatever, don't care? Probably a lot of them. How can you make them care? Well, bring it to your city and have lots of stars there. Oh, maybe I'll take my kids out to go see this event. And all of a sudden you're sitting next to Warren Moon. How cool is that? So if they can if they can do something like that and and make this a big deal, then that'd be a huge huge win for the CFL. It was a mini Grey Cup weekend. Yeah, like it 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 wasn't as ostentatious, but there were CFL fans, there was events around. It it it, it caused some buzz, and yes, especially greedily, it gave us a ton of content, which was awesome, but giving people like us a ton of content helps them out because we get out the information to the fans and it never hurts to always have some, some CFL content in people's ears or eyeballs whenever. So. Um, the schedule for 2024 came out this past week and I'm not going to, I don't want to get too much into the schedule, um, but it does open the preseason. The first game for the riders will be Monday, May 20th against Winnipeg. That's May long weekend, Victoria day, Monday at two o'clock. Um, I sure hope. Good luck. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm certain there's going to be a ton of tickets available for that one. Jeez. You should <laughs> the Carolina Panthers and the Atlanta Falcons this past week in a, in a rainstorm in, in Charlotte, uh, their, their NFL game, there was tickets as low as 45 cents. Um, they might even be lower for this preseason game against Winnipeg on May long Monday. I, I guarantee you they can offer uh, somebody two tickets and the guy will, I'll, I'll, I'll take one. Like that's, that's yeah. the way it's going to be. 
Yeah. Like, it's this is going to be a hard. I and I understand they probably put it off till the afternoon of the Monday to get allow people to get home from wherever they're doing May long. Yeah. But that's it. But and then it's early enough that people that are coming from out of town will will get home at a decent hour. But that's that's a, that's a hard sell even for me, and I live in the city. <laughs> that's that's why, and I've seen a lot of con- and this was comments that we had uh, when we were talking about marketing and everything. Season tickets don't include the preseason game. I understand business wise, you want to include that so you have your sale of the the game ticket, and you make your money that way. But preseason, just paper it. Who cares? Well, that's what they should do. Like, still, whatever. Put it in your season ticket package, but offer them, hey, here's an extra preseason ticket. Here's an extra two preseason tickets. Bring friends. Please bring friends. Yeah. Well, look what Toronto did. They, had, I think they had like a Thursday or Friday afternoon or morning preseason yeah. games a couple of years ago. They just papered it with uh, with schools. Get kids out there. May as well. Go to, go to a couple local schools drop off a couple hundred tickets and say take your kids out there's your field trip get the parents to sign off on it and you're good to go yeah that's i mean that'd be better than what i expect this attended attendance to be for for a may long monday preseason but again it's a preseason whatever and the riders have another preseason game what four days five days later so yeah. and then nothing for then essentially two weeks off uh, yeah. up until the season opener, which is going to be in Edmonton on uh, Saturday, June 8th. The Riders actually start with two straight road games. And then the first home game is week three, the home opener, June 23rd against Hamilton, which I think is part of the back-to-back. I don't have the schedule in front of me, but I think they go to Hamilton and then they play Hamilton here. So I, That sounds about right, yeah. I, um, I would check their graphic, but it's hard to read. <laughs> the uh, oh, sorry. Regular... Festivus is later. Festivus is yeah. later. Sorry. Regular season finale, uh, October 26th against the Stamps. That'll be uh, the Riders actually play three of their final four games at home with a bye week wrapped around that as well, too. So if there is, you know, that late season push for playoffs and, and seeding and whatnot, having three of four games at home, hopefully, is going to be the. Uh, the key to getting them into the playoffs. I still find it weird that the entire schedule is home away, home away, home away, except for bye weeks that then cut off home, home back to back home games. It is such, it's a, it's actually for the riders. It's a very balanced schedule. Rest wise. Three day, three down nation actually uh, looked into that and, and did the days rest throughout the entire year. The, the riders have the second uh, most, amount of days rest between games behind Ottawa. Well, Ottawa needs all the help they can get. <laughs> um, so it is a lot better than what we saw last year. We're not going to see the team, you know, fly out East to Atlantic Canada and then all the way back home and then back out to BC just a few short days later. So there's no stupid trips like that. And I think their, their game in Montreal, the first furthest that they travel is on a Thursday, but it's after a bye week. So they go to Montreal after a bye week, lots of time in between. And then they got those few extra days rest coming back home. So they can actually go out and enjoy St. Catherine street on Thursday night in Montreal. No one does that. 
No one does that. I'm, I'm going to be doing that in week 12. I know you are. Uh, I, so plan your your uh, um, road trips and uh, travel plans now. Get all that figured out. I'm going week 12. I've decided I'm going out east. I haven't been to a game in Toronto in years. The Riders are in Toronto on a Thursday, so I'm going to go to that. I think there's some Jays games there that week as well, too, against the Angels. Of course, no more Shohei Otani, so whatever. But um, it should be fun. And I'll save the rest for Festivus. Anyway, there's three games out east uh, that week, and I'm looking forward to going that to that. So uh, looking forward to seeing lots of Rider Nation out east and, of course, just the CFL family. So I'm looking forward to that. And schedule release is always fun. And we saw the social media teams uh, having fun with it. And I, I like that they're doing this now, just schedule release. What kind of videos can you put out? The Riders one, I wish they could have been a little bit more creative in the sense that it was basically three minutes of everybody just saying the schedule is out, the schedule is out, pass it on, right? I I, enjoy, I enjoyed it. It, 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 had some good, it had some good jokes. And the voice of the Riders, who is now the face of the Riders, Rob Vanstone, <laughs> there was two things that was so good in that video number one i love the whole jackson ford and al ford we'll see having coffee that was excellent um but rob vanstone sitting there scrolling on his social media feed and it's literally just the saskatchewan rough riders and just bins actually they did a lot of <laughs> a lot of uh, neat little tricks there uh when uh, nathan clarehue the rider fan who dresses up like the ultimate warrior was scrolling his phone when he's in the ticket office. Yeah. El Sasco, the fun police rider fan were who he's texting with. Um, I got to admit the riders put a lot of effort in that thing. And I, I appreciated it quite a bit. Uh, the telephone game with the cheerleaders and Gainer has a twin that cracked me up. Cause what, what, what happened to Le Leonard? You still like, that is one of the, what, what happened to Leonard? I'm not his twin. Yeah. Identical twin cousins. They, they, they happen. Like, <laughs> Um, but I, re I really love BC and Toronto's though. Um, and yeah, they ripped it off from uh, the Tennessee Titans, the Tennessee Titans last year where they asked people on the street, they just showed the logo of, of the team of one of the opposing teams and ask you what their name name was. And for the Argos, the best ones that they had for the riders for, for the games that they're playing was the uh, Sudbury race cars and the Saskatchewan fielders. My concern is how Toronto with the BC Lions logo that has a giant BC on it kept on getting like like nothing be even be related. Like it was no. Calgary Cougars. It was yeah. Like, what is going on here? Uh, those were fun. I like I like but, but the BC one. Those, oh, those one those guys were those two guys were baked. Like they were bad. <laughs> but it also just proves. The Riders logo is, well, besides the, the Toronto one, but like everyone to a person knew it was Saskatchewan or the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Yeah. Yeah. Power of the brand. Yeah. So anyway, um, schedule's out. Plan your road trips. Hopefully we'll see uh, lots of Rider Nation out and about in 2024. Um, really quick here on the opening kickoff before we jump to uh, my favorite part of the year, Festivus. Um it's Christmas time. We always put out a rider's Christmas wish list. What do we want to see under the tree for the riders this holiday season? Uh, me, it's just four 
free agents that the Riders have pending, CJ Rivas, Larry Dean, Sean Bain Jr., and Logan Furland. Get them under contract. That's all I want. All the rest of the free agents, I mean, there's some I'd like to bring back, but those four, if you can retain those four, I'm happy. Uh, give me Logan Ferland, of course. I, I, I might be a little biased on that one. A little bit. A little bit. Just, just a smidge. But honestly, and this is actually staying out of my Festivus, give me some new theme nights. I know we talk about it all the time, but I we don't need country roots every year. Give us, give us something new in the stadium. Give us an experience, and I just, I, I hope that they can at least change something up because it's um, the same ones every year. It seems. So. I'll tell you right now, there's going to be a game in July, a home game that's going to be Country Roots Night in Saskatchewan because it's because it's like what the Country Thunder weekend, probably, probably. Maybe they can have Nickelback play at halftime. And then I'd show them okay. up to Craven. I'd, I'd be actually, I'd be fine with that. That'd be funny. Country Roots Night, we got Nickelback. And then again, they're playing the country festival. So Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, we'll see what happens the rest of this week. What uh, Rider Nation gets put under the tree for the team for 2024 going forward. That's the opening kickoff presented by Kathy Festion of Royal LePage Regina Realty. Jump into the Churchill Brewing Company odds and end zones. Take a look around the CFL. Um, right before we get to Festivus, I've been pushing this off for a couple weeks. Um, but now free agents from other teams, but I'm not going to look at other teams. Whenever a coach switches teams in the off season and becomes a head coach somewhere else, like Corey Mace, they bring their players along with them. We saw it with Chris Jones, um, Chris Jones going to Edmonton from here, going here from Edmonton. We saw it. Uh, with uh, running backs and Ed Gainey came over. Um, there was Will just Jefferson. Yeah, they're like it. It happens. Coaches have their guys. Guys have their coaches. So, who from the Argos should the team be not tampering, but tampering with already? Now I mentioned AJ Ouellette a little bit earlier, uh, mostly just because he's one of my top two favorite players in the league. Um, Truth be told, I'd rather the team probably just bring six rookies in, pay a minimum salary, and just find the best one as as running backs are a dime a dozen. But I just love AJ Ouellette, and I think he can be marketed so damn well, uh, especially when the riders are making Thor hammers. Yeah, exactly. Right, like it's just it's there. So I'd like to see AJ Ouellette. Um, who would you like to see from the Argos? Abandon ship, as I said it, with the pun clearly intended. Uh, I'm I'm definitely Jamal Peters or Robertson Daniel. Uh, I think Daniel probably is more likely because he seems to be uh, the Buddy Murphy to uh, Mace's. Um, uh, oh God, I'm drawing a blank on the John. He's with the Argos now. Who LOL'd you about the oh, list? Um, John yeah. Murphy. John Murphy. Yeah. Yeah. We have Buddy Murphy. Follow John Murphy everywhere. So or not Buddy? Not Buddy. Uh, Buddy Matthew. No, what's his name? Buddy. I was naming him a wrestler. Okay. Anyways, there's a DB no. named Buddy. Followed John Murphy everywhere. Um, but <laughs> I drew. I, I went into wrestling mode and started calling Buddy Murphy out for some reason. Uh, yeah, I think Daniel is probably the the best bet. Um, and Sean Oakman though, our D line too. We got a lot of question marks there. Yeah. Give me those two. Give me those two. I'm fine. 
Well, it was uh, a lot of people are saying Jamal Peters. He could fill that other cornerback spot that's needed. He can basically replace and upgrade from Nick Marshall. Um, and I absolutely believe he could. And that'd be an excellent signing for the Riders. But failing that in the defensive backfield, like you said, Robertson Daniel, he followed Corey Mace from Calgary to Toronto. He had five picks last year and he missed the last almost half of the season. So this guy was making big time plays early in the year. And I'd, I'd like to see one of those two come to Saskatchewan. And basically all my names that I have are, are on defense. And that's where I think the Riders need the most help. You mentioned Sean Oakman. Model of consistency, six sacks in each of his three years um, from the defensive tackle position. And with question marks surrounding that D-line, if you can get a guy that you know is going to come in and get six sacks and who's six foot nine, like a guy's a monster. Um, I'm I'm great with that. But the linebackers, again, a huge question mark for the riders. Larry Dean's a free agent. CJ Revis, free agent. If you don't re-sign those guys, well, there's Winton McManus. I'd say you sign him just so you don't throw pick sixes to him anymore. Yeah. And he's actually evolved into a really, really good player here in the CFL. Um, and then a Darius Pickett, Sam linebacker, probably the best Sam linebacker in the league. If he makes it to free agency, if, if you don't re-sign CJ Rivas, that's the guy you have to have. So I'm, I'm actually surprised Toronto hasn't locked any of these guys up yet. You know, I'm actually surprised there isn't a lot of re-signings across the CFL. Um, just with using whatever cap space you can use for 2023 still, just to throw bonuses at and, and you know, front load contracts that way. I'm surprised we haven't seen more of that. And we've seen a couple signings across the league. Nothing huge by any means. Montreal's been the most active, it seems. Yeah, well, they they were smart getting Sankey and and Lemon and and Cody uh, Cody and uh, Mustafa and yeah like yeah like they're <laughs> they're doing Jenny Machosha is doing a hell of a job over there right now keeping that. I'm not gonna say it. Can't I? I cannot compliment that man. <laughs> but other than other than the Owls, nobody else is doing that. So I'm curious. As Buddy, to Jackson. Buddy Jackson. Buddy Jackson. <laughs> Sorry, it just came. <laughs> But, it was bugging me. <laughs> um, but free agency, I, I mean, I know over the next couple of weeks, we'll see signings. So I know there's going to be big ones as well, too. So we'll see those. I'm just surprised we haven't seen more earlier. That's all. All right. Well, now the best time of the year, the holiday season is here. And I've been waiting 51 weeks for this to happen, Greg. It's time for Festivus. Oh, I thought you were going to play the clip. With the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now you're going to hear about it. We have a lot of problems with a lot of people. Yes. And you're going to hear about it right now here on the Piffles podcast, but we're not going to make it too, you know, over the top by any means. No, never. First off, I want to start this off with just every single year. CFL. As a whole, the league, and it trickles down to the teams. And we talked about this a lot over the last couple of weeks. Marketing the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Why aren't players on chips and why aren't they on cereals and whatnot? Market your players, CFL. Please market your players. 
I don't care that they're all on one-year contracts and there's player movement all the time. I don't care about that. That's the nature of the CFL business right now. It's going to happen that way. That's fine. Stars can jump from team to team. That's fine. Obviously, when you have a star, you want to keep him, and that's what brings in the fans. But market them. Make these guys stars. We have charismatic people in this league. You look at a guy like AJ Ouellette. There's not many more charismatic players in the CFL than him. He should be everywhere. Everybody should know who he is. Willie Jefferson does a lot of great stuff with Winnipeg, and they do market him there. But he needs to be a CFL star, not just a Winnipeg star. It needs to be absolutely everywhere. You should be able to see a Willie Jefferson t-shirt in Regina. You should see this stuff. And cross-brand your teams a little bit. Not saying that the Ryder store should have a whole bunch of Winnipeg Blue Bomber stuff in it. No. But if you can have some sort of CFL merchandise other than just the one hat that the Ryder store has. Please have that. Look at Lansdowne Sports over in Ottawa. They have all the CFL branded gear. They're the only ones that have it. Get it out everywhere. I'm giving you guys my <laughs> money when I could be giving it to the Ryder store. Okay, sure, with revenue sharing, I guess it really doesn't matter anymore. But market. But that's why it doesn't matter anymore. There's no excuse anymore. Well, yeah, just and get them out there and sell the product everywhere. If you can, if you can market your, especially the players, if you can market the players that, oh my God, Willie Jefferson's coming to town. Like I better go see what the writers can do to stop them. Or like, like, I'm not saying make the guys, the villains. Cause some guys play better than others. Hi, Sean Lemon. But <laughs> like, it's, it's easy that way. Like Henry, the, Riders, it didn't matter when we were getting our butts kicked by the stamps. That stamps game, just to, people paid just to go chant Henry Burse's name. Yep. If you can market stuff like that, it doesn't matter who, who plays for who. Players will show up. And if you have a star on a team, it makes him a bigger star, a bigger story when he moves to another franchise. Use it. Yep. It is... Marketing 101. People have to know who they're cheering for. Show them who they are. And tell their stories. These guys have amazing stories. From my time in radio, listening to a lot of in-depth interviews with these guys, not just X's and O's, but I think it was Nick Arbuckle. He was walking dogs. That was his job. And then the CFL came calling. How many times do we have to hear about Frito Ray? Ricky Ray, yeah. stock and chips. We heard about that all the time. Like every player has a story. Every fan has not every fan's going to like every story, but give them if you keep on putting them out there, they will find a story they will latch onto. Why is Brady Oliveira my favorite player in the CFL? In the uh, offseason the and during bye weeks, he rescues dogs. It's a very relatable thing. I have two rescue dogs. And I love them more than anything in the world. And that resonates with me. I know that resonates with a lot of people. And you see this guy doing this in his off, in his off time. 
that just connects to you and you feel that bond, even though I've never met Brady Oliveira, I've never talked to him, but he's my favorite player in the CFL. Market that more people need to see that more people need to hear those stories. Just please get that out there. CFL find a way to make that happen. Whether it's league mandated to the teams to get something done, a profile every week. I don't know what the answer is, but just figure something out. There's, there's got to be a way you can do this. That's where I start Festivus. Market your players, CFL. Make them stars. CFL, you're getting another swing. Oh. Quit half-assing your own merchandise. <laughs> like like Alex said, it's available at Lansdowne Sports. I'm sure you can also order online. But one, there's not a lot there. Like a lot of people like to rob low these days. My current uh, co-host included. He he enjoys uh, just <laughs> yeah. cheering for a league with no team affiliated. It happens. The fact remains, though, and this is my favorite part. It's not the right logo. The helmet logo is wrong, and no one notices it but me, and it annoys me. <laughs> Some graphic designer got lazy, hit trace on Adobe Illustrator, and if you look at the C and the F and the L, it is all crooked, it is lumpy, and it is wrong. And the fact that no one's fixed that yet, and it's on merch, is annoying to me. <laughs> Fix it! It's like the A in Saskatchewan for... Uh, oh, that was... Uh, in the how did I not make my Festivus Mosaic Stadium? <laughs> Probably because you complained about it last week but i i know for a fact exactly what happened i that's the worst part is the old logo was hand drawn it was and that's fine so they had to digitize it adobe illustrator has a, a feature called trace and it will give you a general trace of it but if you know what you're doing you go in and clean that up if not it's going to be not perfect lines and not perfect corners on letters and yeah, and the CFL has just been cranking that out since the turf traditions uh, unveiled. So they actually did a great job with the turf traditions 1.0 and 2.0. I think they did yeah. a great job with that. Um, more of that merch, though. Yes, not like there's one hat and one shirt. Like, give, give me a few options here with the old rider logo on it, like the one from the 50s and 60s before yeah. they switched to the to the retro one as we know it. And do this look. I understand CFL. I've stolen this the original CFL logo to make my Greg is right logo. But give give merch with this. Update that classic original CFL logo. I will buy that shirt. I technically have it already. Um. Oh, looks like another shot at the CFL here. Uh, week twelve <laughs> of the CFL schedule, and and I, I mentioned I'm going to go out east and. It's, it's more than just one week. The entire CFL season, all 21 weeks, there's one week where there's both a home game in Toronto and Hamilton. Just one. If I'm going to a game in Toronto, why not go to Hamilton? It's 45 minutes down the highway. You could take a bus there. Like there's maybe hundreds of buses a day that go between the two cities, dozens for sure. It's very easy to get there and back. If you're, you know, flying out to Toronto, easy to get to Hamilton, vice versa. Have me go in a couple games. And this is 
week 12 in week 12, the riders play on the Thursday night in Toronto at BMO field. And I plan on going to that one. Hamilton plays Winnipeg on the Friday in Winnipeg. Why can't that game be in Hamilton? You can easily swap the two home games that they have with each other. And it doesn't affect anything else. You can easily make that work. Have that game in Hamilton. The next night, there's a game in Ottawa. And then the following, on the that's the Saturday. And then the Sunday, there's a game in Montreal. Very easily, you could do four games in four days. If you have them all out each like that. Then you're not flying back and forth. This is very easy for CFL fans to travel. And you can market that. You want to have the ultimate CFL experience? Four games in four days. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. There's your summer vacation right there. How cool would that be? I mean, I'm going to go to three of the four, which is awesome. And I'm going to have an extra day in between and maybe go to a Jays game or spend an extra day in Ottawa or or whatever. But it'll still be fun. But you could do four games in four days. That's just, that's pinnacle CFL and, and getting to see what the CFL has to offer. If the CFL, like, I know, I don't know if they still have it. They used to have a thing with a red tag, like sell that package and just blast the crap out of it on social media. Yeah. Have a, have a couple like former players as guides or what have you, or a player and a personality and just blast that on social media, make it fun. Like, you know, that's a great idea. Former player. How cool would it to get TSN on board with that? Have Matt Dunnigan travel around for, you know, Toronto, Ottawa, and you have a you, your tour guide, basically, right? You go to the games with Matt Dunnigan. And he, you know, he's on the shuttle with you going to the game and he's telling you stories about his playing days or, you know, him and Milt on the on the panel or whatever, right? How cool would that be? It just seems like a missed, again, marketing opportunity by the CFL. I love the fact that we just like pull this out of our butts as we go. Like, (laughs) Imagine if we actually had a brainstorming session. If we actually did prep. Yeah. This isn't to and out. They, they Travis preps, man. I don't have that kind of time. I (laughs) don't radio anymore. I don't have all that free time. Press play on a couple songs. You got 15 minutes. Being a radio DJ is hard, I'm sure, Travis. Well, Man. I've seen how it works. Yeah, I know. I've seen some of the people here in, in Saskatchewan. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, Greg, what's next up in, in your fest? Okay, now I'm taking a, taking a swing at the riders. Oh. Stop playing Sweet Caroline. The song sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Can that go for everybody? The Stamps do that as a third quarter stretch song or fourth quarter stretch, whatever you want to call it. Don't get me wrong. I understand people like doing the bop, up bop. I argue, and I stand that I am correct. Uh, John Denver is a way better karaoke thing. And when the fans are singing after it's over, before they get to the play, it is so much better. The country roads, like when there's no music and the fans are just singing it, a mosaic, goosebumps every time. That should be the default. Not Sweet Caroline. Well, nobody knows the lyrics to Sweet Caroline. They just go ba ba ba. So good, yeah. so good. That's all yeah. they do. Yeah. 
I actually used That's... to like that song until it was played literally all the time at every sporting event ever. Country Roads is a way better uh, karaoke song, stretch song, whatever. I know, I know, we're never getting rid of the last Saskatchewan Pirate in the in the third quarter. It's just bring back shout, damn it, bring back shout. It's never, it's never going to happen. But uh, just, just, get, just get rid of Sweet Caroline. Just get, get that one off the playlist. Country Roads, maybe another song. Let's just keep on. Let's just get rid of it, Sweet Caroline. Okay, sorry, riders. I got to get one on you guys here, and we've talked about it on this show, and it's the Rider Store tax. $130. I was looking at this the other day on the Rider store. $130 for a basic green hoodie with the bunny hug. Sorry. Bunny hug. Thank you. Thank you. With the team's logo on it. $130 for a hoodie. That exact same model, same hoodie. A rider one on what was it? Fanatics or Sports Bluff or Sports Buff or whatever it was. $30 cheaper. $99.99. Rider store had it for $129.99. I saw it with a toque as well. Really nice toque. I like the toque. It's actually on sale at the rider store for $29.99. I should have bought that. Uh, but regular price was $49.99. So it was a, actually a good savings. $50 bucks for a toque, though. That's pretty steep. It was $40 bucks everywhere else. $10 difference between a toque. That should not be $10, four or $5, maybe $10. That's a lot. And the exact same style of hoodie that I saw, and you saw this earlier in the year, the riders were charging 130 bucks for it in Winnipeg. It was what? 109. And it was even cheaper in Toronto. The rider tax needs to go. It has to. And this was part of our marketing talk a little bit. It feels like being a Ryder fan now and going to games is an elitist event, and it shouldn't be. It should literally be for everybody. The CFL should be affordable for everyone. What happened to all the merch in Giant Tigers and Walmarts and all the all those, yeah, lesser quality stuff, but you could still get a shirt there for 12 bucks. You should still be able to do that. Get your brand available to everybody. And if you can't afford to go to a game, you can buy a $12 shirt. And that makes you feel connected to the team. Stop it with this tax. This is why I don't buy anything at regular price at the regular, at the rider store anymore. I wait until everything's on sale. Oh, and finally, the one that I wanted the most. The Bomber social media team is softer uh than a cinnabon platter like you don't what is do you it's it's and it's i i just can't get it like everyone was having relationship it is it is a hate hate relationship and i'm sure they got me (laughs) muted and i don't care and in fact the guy that blocked me the first time is no longer there so Uh, but apparently it just carries through with them so but the fact that they went at bc for being unoriginal over the schedule release thing like Come on. Like, not every... We are at a time where not every idea is original. So Nothing's original anymore. Just have fun with it. Off from some from something. And that's just fine. Have fun with it. Yeah. Have fun. And the fact that they were, like, 
basically tossing live fire. Like it didn't need to be said. Like who cares? They even said, "Hey, we stole this from the Tennessee Titans." Yeah, they were very upfront with it. And the fact that the bombers decided to like just throw massive shade at them, like why, why, like just move on with your terrible AI schedule at least that thing was. I didn't like that at all. And no, and it was bad. And then it was like it was hard to watch. And I hung on through it, and then it was like a quick scroll of their schedule and it's like yeah i could barely read that what was that (laughs) so don't throw stones because your stuff sucks they uh i i actually like a lot of the stuff the bomber social media team does yes when they win because they're actually pretty decent at putting memes out and and videos Mm -hmm. and whatnot yeah when when they lose oh they're whiny they they cannot take the heat no like they're <laughs> they 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 can't they just can't, and it's funny because they actually uh, blocked one of the social media people who runs the BC Lions account. Yes, they did. Uh, Carolyn, I think, is her name. Yep. And she's like, "Well, one, I could see you on the other team's account. That would be a really bad look if they blocked the BC Lions." And it wasn't just a you know gag to mm-hmm. get you know a game rivalry going or something like that. That's just a bad look to me. Any business should not be blocking people. No. And that's what they are. There's a mute function. If you don't want to see it, I mean, you're probably not scrolling with that account anyway. No. You're just putting content out. Like I said, when I got blocked, I didn't even realize I was blocked until all of a sudden I wasn't seeing things. People were, were retweeting. And then I'm like, I never even went at them. I didn't say anything to them. I can probably count on one hand how many times I added the Winnipeg Blue Bombers account. And usually it was a like retweet as something snarky, but nothing offensive. So I don't know. They're soft. Just another S-A-W-F-T reason. soft. <laughs> Just another reason to dislike the bombers. Like, come on, guys. It's social media is supposed to be fun. You can have so much fun with it. And they suck the fun out sometimes. And it's like, okay, thanks, guys. I don't know. No. But it's kind of sad that most of our, yeah, kind of sucks that our, uh, you know, Festivus is mostly just around marketing of the league. I don't know how many times more we can say it, just market better, guys. Everywhere. From the league levels, from team levels, just please. There's so many people that want to give you their money. I want to give you more of mine. I don't have much, but I want to give it to you. The CFL is such a great game, and the fact that everyone always calls it a a niche product is just... It hurts. Because this is a very good game with some very great athletes that puts on a really entertaining product. And the fact that they just seem to be spinning their tires when people are begging them to find reasons to give them their money. It just, I don't get it. Like just put a basic stream out of a combine. You're sending everybody there that works for the league. Anyway, one of them can turn a camera on, hit the live button and go simple. We know how to do live streams. Like Steve, we're just, no, I do. (laughs) If, if we let Steve do it, it wouldn't work and we'd echo forever. We'd, we'd be sending our love down <laughs> a well. But like, 
it's technology is very accessible now. Like I'm sure if you, they ha they have an intern that probably knows what they're doing better than people that have been hired there for years. So, oh, you know what? TS or CFL top ten catch list. How was Sam Emelis and or Tevin Jones not on that list? There was like three Kenny Lawler catches, and Kenny Lawler three. made some excellent catches, including one that hit the ground very clearly. That was on that list. And they still called it a catch. I know I get it. They called it, they ruled it a catch on the field and they snapped the ball before uh, it could be replayed or reviewed and whatnot. So it, it stands as catch. That was not a catch. And then glorifying that afterwards, when you have Sam Amelis making highlight reel catches over and over throughout the entire season, doesn't get on there. Again, cool. You can have Kenny Lawler in there a couple times to have him in there for 30% of them. There's other guys that you can show in there as well. Three, three bunch, Kenny Lawler, two Austin Lawler ones together, bunch yeah. them together. Say they were all so good. We couldn't pick just one. So here's three of them and here's your submission. And it, then it, you can add in a Sam Emelis or a Tevin Jones catch. It, it, the more players you can get out, the better. It was three Lawler, two Mac, another Alouettes who's escaped me right now, two, um, uh, two uh, Argos. And... Well, Coxie had some great catches. Yeah, and I can't remember what the other two catches were. I think one BC and one Edmonton, maybe. Like it was, like it was, it was Argo Alouette heavy. Or sorry, uh, bombers Argos and Alouette heavy. Like it was. Like Calgary can, didn't have a single catch. Ottawa didn't have a single catch. Yeah, you can balance that a little bit better. Not saying every team needs to be represented in every top ten list, but you you can balance that better. Like Emelis stealing that uh, touchdown, uh, stealing that ball on that beautiful catch. That rainbow one from Dola Yeah, that. that Oh. Yeah, that made that that made the top ten touchdown list, but the like pinball that Jones got against Calgary never made it. Like I don't get it. It just I don't know. Shake our fists, old men yell at clouds. That's mostly what we do around here on the Piffles podcast. Just yell at stuff. <laughs> but. They'll be our, that's our Festivus, I guess, for this year. Market your players better, CFL. Part-time hosts. And part-time. I hate, I hate part-time hosts. Can we get chance going for Steve? Part-time host, part. You remember when we used to yell that over in section 27, section 28 over at Taylor Field? Yes. As soon as somebody would leave early. I don't do yeah. that now, but like, I get it. Oh, yeah, the part-time fan chat. Yeah. People have to leave, but that was an actual real thing. <laughs> that was the thing that happened. We're gonna do that. That ballsy sucks. The two best chants that came on the university section. Wow. Uh, the, actually, the two far the two farthing fans. The two farthing fans doing the Dan Farthing dance. It was always great for me too. I miss the chicken man, the chicken dance. That that poor guy's neck. Oh, I don't know how he did that week after week. Bless him. Bless his heart. Uh, but. I look forward to seeing what 2024 brings, especially for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Obviously, 2023 was a very tough year. 
uh, for the team going in with so much promise. You get, you know, a veteran quarterback thinking that we upgraded from Cody Fajardo and then Trevor Harris gets hurt and the team finishes exactly the same way that they did in a disappointing 2022 year. I know it can only get better in 2024. I like the direction of where this team is headed. Get a few more of those key guys re-signed here in the next couple of weeks. And uh, I know things will be looking up here in Ryderville for 2024. So 2023 was fun, but ultimately kind of sucked <laughs> for the riders. Um, but I know it's going to be an exciting 2024, and I'm looking forward to seeing what that brings for us. And since this is the last show of the year, I want to say have a Merry Christmas, a Happy Hanukkah, a Quasi Kwanzaa, a Tip Top Tet, and a solid, dignified Ramadan. There's your Simpsons reference for the week here on the Pills Podcast. But yes, whatever whatever you're celebrating, make sure it's uh, it's fun and it's safe. And and we hope to see everybody back in 2024. Um, we're just just getting started here on the Pivots Podcast. Lots of great stuff planned for 2024. Um, can't share it right now, but I know there's going to be some really good stuff coming down the pipe, uh, including some special guests, hopefully early in the year um, next year. So looking forward to that as well. And of course, uh, thanks to everybody for sticking with us through the whole year. I know, you know, when the riders go into the you know, tailspin that they did, a lot of people do tune out and they're just like, all right, I'm good until next year. Um, fans stuck around and there's a lot of optimism around this team right now. And that's, what's great to see is, uh, that, that quick, that turnaround, right? Everybody's getting excited for next year and seeing what's going to happen. So it should be good. And, um, but most importantly, uh, thanks for, for joining us on this, uh, crazy football ride that we do with the Piffles podcast. And, um, I don't know what else to say other than that. Um, do want to spend, uh, thank our sponsors, uh, Kathy Festion of Royal Page Regina Realty, Churchill Brewing Company, uh, our great friends at Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive and Regina, just fantabulous, uh, people to work with. And of course, Sass Tell Max, uh, letting us crash their party. Uh, let I guess, us be on uh, their TV mid boxes mid, yeah. yeah, midway through the year and, uh, it's going to be fun going into 2024. So I'm looking forward to that. Greg, uh, have a safe and Merry Christmas. And uh, Steve, I know you're listening. Uh, same to you as well. You part timer, you goof. I and, love you. And uh, say, say hi to Chris Traveler. Uh, that's where you actually are. So <laughs> would it be something if he was actually interviewing Chris Traveler right now and didn't we didn't tell us? Yeah. The, the Saf and Stravi show. That's a, a, oh. their own podcast. I'd subscribe to that. <laughs> subscribe to us as well if you're not doing so already. Anyway, thanks so much for joining us. Have a safe ending to the 2023 year and all the best in 2024 from the Piffles podcast. This is Ghost Behind Your Mind by Tyler Gilbert. The ghost behind your-